Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now will you be down to sleep. Good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and this is my beautiful bride, Debbie. Good morning. Yeah. Hey, did I introduce you okay? You did good. Okay, good. I'm glad. Hey, uh, this morning we're continuing on in our series on prayer, and I've asked Debbie to join me uh, on the first couple of installments on this uh, because uh, sometimes in our relationship with God, even though God wants us to talk to him, uh, we feel like because he's God and we're not, that we don't know what to say. And sometimes it helps to draw a parallel in another relationship with someone I love, my wife, and, uh, and to talk about how we communicate. Because the parallels help us understand how to pray better. And that's really the whole idea behind this uh, whole series is that most of us would probably like to pray better. We think prayer is important. We're just not nearly as good as we'd like to be. So if you'd like to pray better, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I think most of us would. So today, hopefully this will be really helpful to you. So what we're using is a little template. This is point one in your outline. By the way, there's an outline inside your bulletin, and it's entitled Confession. That's what we're talking about today. It's good to have a balanced, authentic prayer life is point one. And we're using a little formula called, this just written out, ACTS. Last week, we talked about adoration. This week, we're talking about confession. Next week, Thanksgiving. And the week after that, supplication, which is just asking for stuff. And so... Um, Debbie, this one, this is important that we learn how to communicate with all these things because we do all these in our relationship, right? Yes, and it's uh, right that these are balanced. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, which is just asking for help. Um, confession is important if we're going to have a right relationship, if there's not going to be any junk in between us. i got to work my way through it and confess, and that helps us to be close. Yeah, and so... Last week we talked about adoration. You can uh, get online and watch that again. But part of that was acknowledging that when you really appreciated a person. So I'm going to ask my gorgeous wife if she would open us with a word of prayer. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Let's pray. Okay. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you want us to pray. You want to communicate with us. And God, we're grateful. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds right now to what you want to say to us. Lord, teach us the importance of confession so that we can have a right relationship with you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So what you'll see here, if you need a, like I said, if you need a pen, I'm hoping you're following along. The confession is a vital part of authentic prayer. Confession. Now, this strikes terror into a lot of us a lot of times because we go, oh, my goodness, how do I handle confession? We're not even very good at confessing things to others, are we? No, not at all, because we hate to admit when we're wrong about anything. Yeah, and so if, would you read that passage for us, please? Yes. Um, confession. The Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Yeah, and so what you see there, right after asking for daily bread and right after acknowledging that God is our Heavenly Father and His name is to be hallowed, right in the middle there, or right at the end of that, little, the phrase that we put in your outline there is, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And basically, it's the same thing that would happen when I've sinned against you. What do you want me to do? I want you to say you're sorry. Yeah, and that's happened once or twice in 31 years, right? Yeah, a couple yeah, of times. It, recently. Okay, anyway. 
but the idea here is this. Um, if, I can, uh, if I can learn just these three simple phrases, we can get work through a lot of problems. Can we read these together, please? I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I was, was wrong. wrong. Please, please forgive, forgive me. me. My goodness, think if we did this with the Lord when we realized... Oh my goodness, the Lord has been leading me in a certain direction and I've got out of step, I've gotten out of step with him. I'm not, in, I'm not lined up with God's will for my life. Lord, I mean, all we have to do at the front of this is just put the Lord's name and this turns into a prayer. Lord, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And then the Christian hang up, amen. Hey, the way we hang up, okay. You know, you gotta do that. But think if we said this here, Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. This is what we're talking about so we can have a right relationship with him. But we skip over it. And as a result, oh, we carry terrible burdens, guilty conscience. And we and don't we, feel close to the Lord. And we don't feel close to him at all. Listen to David talking about this. This is point A. Uh, and Debbie, would you read point A, please? Confession means acknowledging our sins to God. Yeah, acknowledging them. That we're wrong and that he's right. Saying, Lord, I'm, I'm wrong. I need to be right. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose rec- whom, the record, whom the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. And day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. But finally, I confessed all my sins to you. I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And would you underline that, please? Stopped trying to hide my guilt. When I did that, I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Can I get an hallelujah out of that? Hallelujah. Yeah, that was half-hearted. Okay, but anyway, hallelujah. Okay, but the truth is, is that look, if I confess my sins, the relationship is restored. When I apologize for this, how does it make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel, it makes us reconciled. It makes me feel close to you again. Yeah, now again, in a relationship between a husband and wife, we both mess up. In my relationship with the Lord, he's not messing up, but I still am. And I'm, I'm growing into this. When Jesus adopted me into his family, I mean, he brought me in and he wants me to grow up. And so I'm going to go through life and, and learn things as I go. But man, when I'm, when I'm get out of sequence with him, when I get out of alignment with him, it's terribly important to spend some time in confession. In fact, this was something that even in our relationship, that was something you had to, that you have an interesting story on, right? Right. Um, I am one of those people that likes to avoid confrontation and just kind of not deal with things. And so in the beginning of our our marriage, I remember once John had hurt my feelings for something and I just kind of thought, well, a Christian just, you know, just ignores things, just keeps going. That's what a Christian does. I just try to let go of it. Well, it didn't work. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't correct way of thinking. And I just suppressed it and are just you know, tried to keep going. And as I did, I realized it's so like three or four days later, I just didn't even like him anymore. We weren't, we weren't communicating. I was being cold toward him. And oh, I picked up on that by the way. Okay. <laughs> just want you to know. But the crazy thing was I had tried so hard to just keep moving on and not deal with it that I had even forgotten what it was that he did to even offend me. And so we sat down, he just helped me walk backwards through the days of just 
you know, did I hurt your feelings then? Did I hurt your feelings then? And finally, I remembered, oh, yeah, you hurt my feelings four days ago when you said this. And it, but it was such a profound moment for me to realize the separation that comes with um, when you don't deal with things that bother you or upset you. And it can do the same thing in my relationship with the Lord. I can be angry at Him because something happened in my life, or I can have sin in my life and I just ignore it because I don't want to admit I'm wrong or whatever the case. And what it does is the end result is I don't feel close to Him. And I need to sit down the way John and I sat down and worked through things because I was able to say, I'm really sorry that I didn't um, talk about this with you. And he could apologize for hurting my feelings. And then all of a sudden I felt close to him again. It's like magic. All of a sudden it's like, okay, now I love you again. And so it's the same way with our relationship with God. We have to work on this. Yeah, we've had to work magic more than once. Okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> all I'm trying to tell you is that but the, I wanted her to tell me what was wrong so I could fix it. Do you know that, Lord, if we come to the Lord and say, Lord, would you show me what's wrong here? He'll be glad to tell us. We'll show you how in just a minute. But is this even the attitude of our heart? And by the way, I'm not talking to a few of us here. First John 1, 8 and 9, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. I need another hallelujah. Hallelujah. Better. You usually say amen. That's what we're confused about. I already said amen on this. Okay, anyway, we're going to keep going. (laughs) Confession. Here's why. Because confession restores our relationship. This is what Debbie and I are talking about. I mean, over and over again, on the front of your bulletin, it says it's all about relationships. That's what we believe here. This is about a relationship. When I come to Christ, Jesus died on the cross for all my sins, past, present, and future. Well, then why do I need to confess my sins on a routine basis? I mean, if he paid the penalty for all those sins. Well, again, it's because he adopted me into his family, and he's trying to grow me up. Don't miss this. This is all throughout the scripture. Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to get angry, full of unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He's not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. The Lord is like a father, listen to this, to his children, tender and compassionate to those who, never, to those who fear him. He understands how weak we are, and he knows we're only dust. I mean, this is the kind of relationship God wants us to have with him. He wants us, that's why Jesus said, pray like this, our father. I mean, Debbie, it matters that we talk to him like he's our father, doesn't it? Yes, because he's loving and he's kind. He loves us. We're not his slave. We're his child. And so it's important that we keep that in mind. And that even takes us to your note there. It said we should never be afraid to confess our sins to God. It says in Romans 8, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. I mean, that's what it means to come to Christ. You're adopted into God's family. If we adopted a child into our family, it doesn't mean that child is never going to have habits that don't need to change. It means that as the habits that need to change come up, we'll discipline that child. The Bible tells us that our Heavenly Father disciplines us the same way because He loves us. He wants us to come to Him. I love it when my kids come to me and go, Hey, Dad, I was wrong. I appreciate you giving me that advice. Still waiting on a 
couple of those things. Anyway, no. Well, uh, and sometimes they come to you and say, Dad, you hurt my feelings. And uh, he, you say, I was wrong. And it works that way. And it, and it restores the relationship. But it always does. Because I want that kind of communication with our kids. I mean, Abba Father, by the way, just means Dad. Do you know you and I, because of what Jesus did for, on the, for us on the cross, can walk boldly into the throne room of heaven and say, Father, I need you to show me what you want me to do. I don't feel like I'm right with you. Would you show me what's wrong? And he will. And when he does that, then we can say to him, Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. In the name of Jesus, amen. And that would be a marvelous prayer. Can we try just this little simple prayer right here? Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Amen. I mean, think if this was a prayer we actually prayed on a routine basis when we realized that something was wrong. And that's why I need you to turn your outline over to the, open it up to the inside. Uh, point C, God will show us what's wrong. He has no problem showing us what's wrong uh, if we're willing to listen so we'll know what to confess. Uh, Debbie, would you read Psalm 139 there? Yes. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Does he do that for you? He does. But the, the thing that I love about this verse is, is David's attitude was one of, Lord, I don't care what it is. I have to know. He was totally humble. And that's the one thing I think that keeps us from doing this is our pride doesn't ever want to admit that we're wrong. But our pride gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. And David is like, Lord, point out anything in me. Whatever it is, show me because I love you. I want a relationship with you more than I want to say I'm right. Because the truth is, God is never wrong. Mm. And so we have to align ourselves with him, not the other way around. Yeah, and so here are four ways that God will convict us. God will convict us of sin through the Bible. It's one of the reasons we want to read the Bible every day. Listen to what God does through the Scripture. Paul, writing to Timothy, All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. I mean, anybody who spent any time reading the Bible will tell you, I read a passage today, and I realized as soon as I read it that I needed to apologize to somebody. I read something in the Bible today, and I realized I need to go and encourage somebody. I read a passage in the Bible today, and I realized something I've been worrying about was completely false. I allowed fear to dominate my life. Things like that happen all the time. I mean, and it's true. And that, that's happened in your life and in mine. Sure. And that's when you write it down and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I was, was wrong. wrong. Please forgive me. As I'm reading my Bible, my prayer that day, that's just a simple prayer of confession. Sometimes he speaks to us through the Bible. Sometimes God convicts us of sin through others. Listen to Psalm 141. Let the godly strike me. It'll be a kindness. If they correct me, it's soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. This is why it's so important to have Christian friends in your life. People will tell you the truth. I mean, that is just such a value when people will confront you of sin and love you enough to say, hey, uh, I need to talk to you about this. And, oh, the Lord loves it when we'll listen. But that's the trick, isn't it? It is. You have to be open to it. Mm. God will also convict us through consequences. He will, through circumstances, consequences. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature 
From that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And Deb, we had to even learn to let our kids face consequences when doing homework for school and stuff, didn't we? Yeah, and that was a hard lesson. You know, you always want to help your child. And, and again, it's all in the, that we always, we want to be perfect in everything that we do. When in reality, we learn through trials and we learn through hard things. And so to do your child's homework because you want them to make an A is not the right way to go. You need to let them struggle and work through it. We haven't had teachers that would say, don't help them. Let them learn. This is the way they learn, to prepare them for college. Yeah, either your child is the most gifted child ever or you help them, okay? And some of us as parents had to learn that. And we, we're not doing them any favors if we don't let them struggle through some things to grow up. Well, the Lord allows the same thing for us. You know, when we come to Christ, he doesn't just open the top of our heads and give us a lobotomy, scoop out our brain and put in a brain that's never sinned. He works in our lives and allows us to go through situations where we read things in the Bible we have conversations with others. We struggle through consequences to show us things. So we go, oh, I'm out of step with you, God. I want to change. And then we come freely and say, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. We could add one more line on here too. And please lead me along the right path. And this is what he wants. And this is why confession is so necessary. He's working with us so that that way we're surrendering our lives to him. And that way he can even use the broken, messed up parts of our lives for his glory. And if that's good news to you, would you say amen? Amen. Hmm. Finally, God will speak to us and convict us of sin through the Holy Spirit. Hmm. When you come to Christ, he, said, he promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and lives within us. And listen to what Paul writes about this in Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your own good intentions. This is what I was talking about. As we grow in the Lord... He continues to stretch us and develop us and mature us. He's helping us grow up. And so the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and convincing us that some of the old prejudices, some of the old habits we had, some of the old ways we used to think, it's completely wrong. But he's working at us systematically in a way that we can handle. Just like a loving father, like we talked about here. He's a gracious heavenly father who's merciful and kind to his children. He's given us stuff we can handle. And as we grow a little more mature... He gives us some new things to chew on and some new problems to solve and some new circumstances to go through. And as we go through them, when we realize we're wrong, we confess. You even had Ephesians 4 on there, right? Yeah, Ephesians 4, 4.30 says, Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You know, if we continue in our sin instead of coming to a place of confronting it and saying, God, this is wrong, I need to let go of that, then you... you Grieve the Holy Spirit is what Scripture says. It's like it makes him sad that you're doing these things that are wrong. And so it interferes with your relationship with God. It's like if I see something in my child or my son that he's struggling with something or he rebels and he, he does something that we disapprove of, it breaks my heart. It makes me sad, and I want more for him. And so God wants more for us too. In fact, he goes on, verse 31 in Ephesians 4, he says, So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. These are all things that grieve him when we hold on to those traits in our life and refuse to confess them. 
Yeah, because he wants a relationship, and we try to always reduce it down to rules. And anytime we turn confession into about keeping a bunch of rules, well, did I keep the rules, and do I have to confess this again, and did I say it enough times, and did I use the right words? When the Lord just wants us to come to him and just be honest with him. Mm. And you can even admit, Lord, this is such a struggle for me. I know you love me. I love you. I really want to do the right thing. Can you help me? And so if you wonder how does it work with the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit uses all those other things we've listed. And so you could be driving down the road one day, and all of a sudden a memory will come into your mind, or you'll run into somebody you haven't seen in years, and in their conversation they'll use a phrase that reminds you of something you read in the Bible a month ago. And that ties together with a circumstance you've been through, and that makes you realize that you never said thank you for something. And all of a sudden you go, oh my goodness. And that's when the important thing is to go, oh, Lord, I thank you for bringing all this together for me. I just realized something. I was terribly rude. Oh, Father, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Would you help me restore that relationship with that person? Would you help me write a good thank you? This is what God wants. And that brings us to an important distinction here. God has always given us conviction because conviction gives us hope. When the Lord convicts us of sin, it's always along these lines. If you repent of your sin, I'll cleanse you. If you turn around, I'll show you the right way to go. But condemnation is the blank there that makes us hopeless. And that's what the devil does to us. The devil would tell you, here's how you can know false guilt from true guilt. False guilt is, you're sorry. You're terrible. You'll never change. And by the way, the devil has lots of help on that one. You will find people line up to tell you that stuff. But you know what a Christian brother or sister would always tell you when you confess your sins? Hey, let's go to the Lord and confess our sins. He'll cleanse us and make us right. There's no condemnation, Romans 8, 1, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Doesn't mean there's no conviction. All these other scriptures talk about conviction. But conviction brings with it hope. Hope of forgiveness, hope of God's power, hope to change. Hope to change. I mean, when our kids messed up, we wanted them to come to us. And we always told them, hey, if you ever get in trouble or things, we always wanted them to call, right? Oh, yeah. Because well, we want to be involved in, in restoring them. We and want to help them. We're always going to help them. We did not promise we'd be happy. That's true. No, no. No, no, no. And the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. It doesn't mean he's going to say, hey, good job. It means, well, thanks for coming to me. Now let's get going the right way. He's growing us up. And so part of our prayer life needs to be this. So here are four helpful practices if we're going to practice good confession in our prayer life. First of all, we should confess our sins to God as soon as we realize them. And Debbie, you're at Ephesians 4 already. Would you read verses 26 and 27? I didn't have room to put all the references here, but would you read that, please? Yes. Um, 26, don't yeah. let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Yeah, and so if I want to make sure the devil doesn't get a foothold in my life, as soon as I realize that I've gotten out of sync with God and I need to confess something to him, that's the time to repent. I don't have to wait till, well, Lord, I'm not scheduled to meet with you till 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, so this is going to have to wait. Uh-uh. As soon as you have a chance, take a minute and say, Lord, I'm out of step with you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Secondly, at least once a day, as part of a devotional time, if you're going to have 10 minutes in devotional time, last week we told you spend at least a couple of minutes 
praising God for who he is, then you also need to spend a couple of minutes doing this. We should ask God to reveal any sinful thoughts, actions, or habits that have interfered with our relationship with him. This is kind of like at night before we go to bed, we always pray together, and we often ask each other, hey, is there anything we need to talk about? Sure. Sometimes you, you're not really sure. You feel like you're not right on the same, you're not really on the same page, and you say, are we okay? And that's kind of what you're talking about here. Yeah, and the Lord will show you through all the ways here. And if you sit in silence and just say, Lord, has somebody shared anything with me that I need to address? Have I read something? Would you help me understand my circumstances? If I'm willing to just let him search me, he promises to show us things that need to change if I'm willing to listen. Thirdly, we should develop relationships with a few other Christians whom we trust enough to be able to confess our sins and ask for prayer. Look, this is so important. If I want a right relationship, I need to have trusted friends. I can go to them and say, hey, I don't feel right about something, and I want to know if this is something I need to confess or if I have the wrong thinking about this. And there are people who can give me wise counsel and say, yeah, you're wrong on that. I mean, it's the same again. I want to draw the parallel to our marriage. I go, hey, you know, I forgot my wife's birthday. Is that a big deal? Yes. You should run for Mexico right now. Okay. (laughs) I'll help you pack. Okay, no, but the point is, yes, this is a huge mistake, and here's, I'll help you apologize to her. I mean, wouldn't you be grateful if you had a friend like that? John, a lot of us spend our whole life trying to pretend that we have everything together, Mm. and this is like the most horrifying thought that why would I, okay, if I have something wrong, some sin that I'm struggling with, I'll tell God, but I'm not about to tell anybody else. And part of that is what Satan wants to do is that you have to keep secrets. But can I tell you, there is such freedom and being able to share with people that you struggle with things. Um, I, I know with my connect group ladies, I will frequently say, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this. Or, or I really messed this up this week. And it is so freeing to know that I don't have to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be humble. It's pride that keeps us from admitting that we struggle and that we have problems. And that's the one thing that we have got to get rid of if we're going to be able to do this in a healthy way. Oh, yeah. And this is why we want you in a small group. It's why we want you to build relationships with other people who understand you. And they'll even pray with you. I love it when my accountability partner and I pray together. There's numerous times we go, Lord... And he'll pray for me. Lord, please bless John and help him. And and he'll say, John, it's your turn to pray. And I'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Show me the right way to go. Give me the power to do what's right. Oh, the Lord loves it when we do that together. There are so many passages where restore each other gently. Bear with each other one another's burdens. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. And it does so much good to our souls to unburden our consciences and be set free. And finally... We should periodically examine ourselves by prayerfully reviewing a checklist of common sins. And you're going, well, where would I find such a thing? I'm glad you asked. If you take your bulletin and turn it over to the back, I've prepared an introductory list. It's not exhaustive, but here's a confession checklist. And we're going to spend some time actually in in part of the service here in just a minute going through this. But we read Psalm 139 a minute ago. Debbie, would you read uh, 2 Corinthians 13.5 there um, from the message? Test yourselves and make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. 
Yeah, I mean, just like I would need to read, it does us good if we go to a marriage conference every now and then, or if she reads a marriage book and then highlights part that I need to read. Okay, that type of thing. Um, it does us so much good to go to conferences like that and read those things because every now and then we'll go, oh, we need to work on that. And the same thing's true. This is periodically. You don't have to use this every day. But if you keep a simple list like this, and you can add to it, it's not meant to be exhaustive. I just put four categories that I think might be helpful today. Listen to it. Just look at them, and then we'll spend some time praying through them. Sins that keep me from growing in my relationship with God. And in the spirit of Psalm 139, search me and know my heart, O God. This is what I need to ask myself. Lord, are any of these things true about me? Ingratitude, neglect of Bible reading, neglect of prayer unbelief. Like, I don't really believe you're going to answer a prayer anyway, so why pray? What about sins that hurt my relationship with with others? And these are a few. You could expand on this greatly. Gossip, jealousy, lying, neglect of family, holding grudges, uncontrolled anger, rage, or just a critical spirit. Nothing's good enough. What about sins against purity? Oh, these things can burden our souls. Secret things. Lust, premarital sex, adultery, porn, dirty jokes, books, websites, movies, videos. And then this was just a a grab bag here. I didn't want to have a whole bunch of categories. Pride, materialism, greed, hypocrisy, cheating, worry, drunkenness, illegal drug use, gluttony. And these are things that can control us and destroy us. And if we're guilty of them, we need to ask God to examine our hearts and say, God, I'm guilty of these things. Would you please forgive me and lead me on the correct path? So um, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I'm just going to have a brief prayer here and then let the sites uh, lead their own time of prayer about those things at each of our locations. But would you join me for a word of prayer, please? Lord, we're going to spend some time in confession here in just a minute. But Lord, I want, um, I want you to convince us of these things that it's important for us to confess. That we're not prideful, that we're not just skipping over things. Lord, but that we are eager to have a right relationship with you. Not about rules, it's about a relationship. It's about growing up. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We thank you you brought us into your family. And Lord, we want to live the right way. Lord, we're going to spend some time in confession here. And we ask that you would guide that time. Help us grow up so we can be more like Jesus. Teach us to pray better. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.